100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning, this is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. Sponsored by our good friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville, and at myfnmbank.com. Well, this morning, we have uh, kind of a special guest here. He's kind of famous, uh, especially now, but uh, I want to welcome... Lee Peterson. He's the new alderman for Ward 2 right here in Hendersonville. And uh, Lee, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Well, let's just start off, you know, real quick. Uh, let's let everybody know who you are, what that you're about. I'm not famous. <laughs> well, you could be. <laughs> After this, you will be. Yeah. So go ahead and just let everybody know who you are and get a little background and some history. I am Lee Peterson. Um, my wife and I have lived here for 20 years. If uh, you've ever played soccer, you've probably seen me at Drake's Creek Park. Two sons have played for at least 15 years, and uh, we just love the involvement that they've had with the parks and rec and club soccer, and we've uh, enjoyed the city and all the amenities. And most people probably know my wife, Cindy Duggan. She grew up here in Indian Lake Forest, and when we got married, we were living in Bellevue. And uh, when our first son was born, Kyle, Cindy wanted to move back home closer to her parents. I think it was the best move we could have ever made. Hendersonville is a great city, incredible town to raise a family. And, you know, whether you've been here your whole life, 20 years, or you just moved here, people love Hendersonville. And I think that was one of the reasons I wanted to get involved in local politics, to give back to the community, because you know, we have taken advantage of incredible schools, the lake, the parks, and uh, I just felt now that it was time for me to make sure that Hendersonville is going to always be that town that people love and enjoy and raise their families and live here and retire here. Well, you know, being at Hendersonville is such a growing city, you know, and, and the fact that you wanted to jump in to help make the city better, which I, I think it's it's really going to help because we get a, you're going to get your new vision of what you think. Now you're in Ward Two. Where's what does that encompass? Ward Two is half of Saunders Ferry Peninsula and half of Indian Lake Peninsula. It's kind of cut off by Drake's Creek. It's it's two unique areas, but it's one ward. And when we were campaigning. We spent a lot of time on Walton Ferry and Saunders Ferry Peninsula just talking to people and letting them know that I was running for their alderman. And what was interesting is a lot of their comments were they felt that they've been ignored because it seems like all the development's been on Indian Lake Boulevard and they feel like they've been left behind. I thought that was a big eye-opener for me because I don't want any neighborhood, any ward, any resident to feel that they've been ignored. And so that's why I wanted to really be a representative for the ward so I can be their voice when we have our board mayor and alderman meetings twice a month. I want to make sure that their voices are heard and uh, their concerns are being reflected. Well, I think that's very important. I think people want to know when they're expressing their concerns about their area, when a lot of people are very passionate <laughs> about their areas, that they want somebody to listen. They, they, you're going to take that and put aside personal views or opinions on that particular topic and go with what the constituency wants you to do. Absolutely. You have to listen to the citizens. They're the ones that elected us, and we have to represent them. And uh, I certainly never ran for office for myself. It's not personal. I just wanted to make sure that the city continues to grow in the right direction. And and that was another issue that we heard, too much development and traffic and roads. And I think what I would like to do is kind of take a step back. We need to fix our roads, whether it's just paving, widening, 
adding sidewalks, addressing stormwater drainage issues, also the traffic count. Currently, they're working on widening 386, which I think is uh, amazing that that's getting done. But still, there's a lot of traffic on Main Street and the side streets. And uh, people are always concerned about more development because that's going to increase traffic. I want to make sure that all their issues, whether it's traffic, roads, garbage, that they're being heard. As an elected representative, we have to always listen to our constituents and make sure that we're taking that to the mayor, to other city leaders, and uh, make the corrections and adjustments with the city so all of these issues are being remedied. Well, and I think that's that's so important. Now, do you think that uh, as an alderman, so if you're a ward, would you do like a town hall just for your ward, just to, so especially initially, to get everybody's, you know, where their brain is and what's more, more important to them? Absolutely. My wife, Cindy, who was an incredible force pushing me through this, election always wanted us to get together with residents and she was thinking maybe we could do it at Saunders Ferry Park I thought you know Saunders Ferry Pizza some local meeting place Mm -hmm. would be good because we want input from everybody we can get that on uh, social media and email and stuff but what is ideal is when we can go face to face and listen to people and find out what their concerns are their interests what their needs are as well hopefully get that put into the budgeting process and but i think it all comes down to people just want to be heard we want to make sure that we listen well i think the alderman that you have to be the voice of your ward and then of course as as a moma you know everybody hashes it out and things like that and hopefully this time around that you know the meetings will be civil and not so attack mode, because I know, as you know, um, you know, it's been kind of an embarrassment for the city of Hendersonville. And it's it's sad that it has to be that way, but I understand people get passionate about it. But again, I think you have to be passionate about what your constituency wants, n- not you personally. Absolutely. We have to listen, and we also have to respect each other. Um, city leaders have to agree to disagree, but we want to make sure that we are moving forward with the best interest of all the citizens. And uh, we have to be civil. We all signed a candidate's pledge to show civility. From the past BOMA meeting, my first one, um, everybody was very respectful. We all have opinions, and uh, we want to make sure that each ward is represented, but we also want to do what's best for the entire city. Let's let everybody know what your vision is for the city at, at this point. And no, it, it could change, you know, as you as you get more involved in all of this. But uh, currently, what is your current vision for the city? I want to make sure that we are having smart growth and not overdevelopment and dressing the roads, of course. And I think personally, I've been commuting to Nashville for 20 years. I would love to have a corporate office here, uh, a corporate headquarters, something like Mitsubishi or, you know, you read about all of these corporate headquarters moving to Nashville and they're all going to Cool Springs and Franklin. And there's no re I'm trying to find out why they're not coming to Hendersonville. Mm -hmm. And that's my number one goal is to get a corporate campus here that could hire 200 white collar employees or or even if it's blue collar a really good high paying corporate headquarters here would be really a game changer for the city and put hendersonville on the radar there's uh, companies moving here every day from the silicon valley to nashville nashville's a great attraction and a great draw and if we could just get them to look at hendersonville and everything that we have to offer i think that we should be able to land one of those. It's just about, at the end of the day, how do we like our community? And I think everybody's in agreement that we love it. We have great churches, great schools, great amenities with all the parks and the lake, of course. And we have a lot to offer. Everybody loves the town. 
and if we can make sure that we have jobs here for the citizens so we don't have to commute to Nashville, mm-hmm. we can spend our lunch money here, everyone will benefit from that. Absolutely. Now, I mean, you have some history, and I guess some of this with the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development as a project manager. You've been doing that for how many years? I've been there five years. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, I was doing environment and conservation also with the state. I've, everybody goes, where do you work? And I go, well, actually, I work for you because uh, I, I'm a state employee and I'm paid with state taxes. And so I'm very mindful of that. And with my projects, we always accept the lowest bidder because we have to make sure that we're the project is getting the biggest bang for the buck and that the project funds go as far as possible. So I'm very mindful of uh, finances and budgets and make sure that our projects finish on time and on budget. I feel the same way with Hendersonville. We have to live within our budget. We have $60 million. We have a lot of expenses. The prior administration just passed a $6 million bond, which has now put the city in debt to the tune of $20 million. And I do not think that's fiscally responsible because the next bond doesn't mature for 10 years. Mr. Manning, the budget director, has put a threshold of the city's maximum amount of debt at $20 million, and we have topped that. So, heaven forbid any emergencies, we really can't afford anything for the next 10 years. Overspending has caught up with us. We have a budget for a reason. We have to live within the budget. And that's another reason that I ran for alderman. We have to be fiscally conservative. We have to be mindful of what our budget is. I know we rely on sales tax and property tax. And uh, we've had our property tax raised twice in the last four years. And I will never vote to raise property tax. We have too many people living in Hendersonville on fixed incomes, they are, some are on disability, others are widows. We well, it's can't, definitely not like Nashville. Not nothing, at all. Nothing to that hike. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> and yes, we, well, we can't. We can't raise property taxes again. You can go to City Hall and fight, but people are embarrassed that they don't have enough money. We should never be taxing people out of their home. That's not the community. That's not Hendersonville. And we can't raise property taxes to make up for a budget deficit. We have to make some serious cuts. We have to live with the budget that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think people's concern over the COVID situation, and it's getting worse. I mean, let, let's face it. It's, it's in the news. Tennessee is ranked the highest almost in the country. It's really, we've taken a hit on sales tax. The hotel motel tax has taken a hit. You know, I think we have to have that rainy day fund available, and it has to be funded for these kinds of situations to possibly help out businesses. And the small business guy is the one that gets hurt. They sure do. Um, They're barely hanging on. And my grandfather always said, save for a rainy day. Well, this is the biggest rainy day we've ever been through. Absolutely. And I keep asking about sales tax revenues, and they're saying that they're still on target, um, which, you know, I'm holding my breath that they are, because if uh, they're not where they should be, we're not going to have the revenue to meet our expenses. Mm -hmm. And I'm not voting for property tax increase, and, and I hope it doesn't come down to that. Yes, absolutely. Well, Lee, we're, we're coming to the end of our time here. It just goes by so fast. I mean, we could talk a long time about this, and uh, there's a lot of topics to talk about. Maybe we can have you back, you know, as you venture into your term and kind of get your legs going, if you will. But I'd love to have you back to, to talk more about that, and uh, we definitely appreciate you coming in this morning to do that. Uh, we've been talking with Lee Peterson, Alderman for Ward 2, right here in the city of Hendersonville. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back after this word. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and we're so glad to continue our segment. We have another brand-new alderman for Ward 5 
who basically is filling Daryl Woodcock's position. And Rachel, so good to have you. Tell us about yourself. Let everybody know. Well, thank you for having me and the other new aldermen on here. It is a wonderful opportunity for us to share um, and get to know the community. Communication is really important. I moved here with my family from Virginia 20 years ago, and we have loved this city. It has been a wonderful place for us to raise our kids. There have been opportunities for me to grow my business. There have been opportunities for me to volunteer and serve that I never could have imagined when I was 25 years old when we moved here. So So what is your business? You own a business here in Hendersonville. I do. I, um, I have a business partner and we own Southern Hughes Painting. We do interior repainting. It's really a wonderful thing. Do you get up on those stilts and paint ceilings and stuff? We don't use stilts, but we do get on ladders, and I do. Wow, good yep. for you. Yeah. I'll tell you, some of the these houses I see, I'm not getting on one of those ladders. I mean, that's like, oh, my gosh, you got to paint like the, sh- the shutters yeah. or even, even the fascia and things like that. It's like, yeah. that is very scary. Personally, I do have a limit as to how high I will go, <laughs> but um, we have people that will go. It scares me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and I see some of these guys in the pitch of some of these roofs are like, you know, how do you even stand up on those things? And they're up there walking around like it's nothing. Eh? You get used to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You have your business uh, going on. Mm-hmm. And, and how long have you had that here? Um, I've been painting for about eight years, I think. Um, one of the things you'll learn about me is I never know how long ago something happened. <laughs> um, but it's it's been a while. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand how we're all friends. And sometimes I'm just amazed that people pay us to come hang out in their house. <laughs> and we get to paint, which we all yes. enjoy. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah. When you said painting, it just kind of, this is probably not your realm, but I love those murals that people have been putting up mm-hmm. around. And I didn't know Sumner County had that many of them, but there are quite a few. Mm-hmm. They're pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We've we can do some of that, yeah. but um, we have somebody mostly that we contract with to do the higher level murals. Right. Not the guys that are painting the train cars the, with all the groovy. <laughs> That's a different kind of painting. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what made you decide, hey, you know, I'm here in Ward 5. It's a great ward. And so what made you decide, hey, I want to jump in and see what I could do to change things around here? You know, there were a lot of reasons if there were only one reason i probably could have ignored that but the culmination was that i saw a lot of issues that i felt like i could help resolve and um i don't want to sound too religious but i kind of felt called upon to help resolve those issues and i am really looking forward to it Well, I mean, it has to be a calling because it's it, there's so many factors in this position and the voice that you have. And we were talking previously with, with Lee uh, Peterson, and it, it really is putting the voice of the people in the city. Not a personal thing. And Daryl was always great. It was never a, a personal mm-hmm. thing. He, he was always he always had the people's back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important. You have to be the voice of your constituents. How do you plan to do that? Um, It is going to be difficult um, from time to time. Right now, we have some issues that are very divisive. So the voice of maybe 40% of the people are going to feel like I am not representing them because I'm representing the other 60%. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. And we all feel underrepresented (laughs) from time to time. We tend to gather with like-minded people. And so we think everyone I know supports this or does not support this. But in fact, you have to realize you're only seeing a portion of the picture. And I am trying to see the whole picture. Yes, I guess that is kind of hard. But I mean, at campaigning, I know you were right out there and you were hearing what people That's were right. complaining about, what they liked, what they didn't like. And mm-hmm. so that has to help you 
you know, with, you know, formulating what everybody, what the consensus of, uh, of all the constituents. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, I, I, have you had the chance yet? I know it's early on, you probably haven't, but to do, you know, a town hall gathering, you got to get everybody together and say, hey, okay, folks, tell me, fill my ears, you know. Of course, that might not happen in person for a while. Yeah, that's um, right. Yes. Because it would exclude people who didn't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. But um, no, I, I've only had one meeting mm-hmm. um, so far, but there will certainly be a need for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you can bring some entertainment to the uh, BOMA meetings. You know, you got to enlighten the, the mood. You know, you can uh, sing. Singing or, and dancing. You and, can do that. Yeah, uh, telling uh, jokes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it should be interesting to watch anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hoping to be able to just point out this this little thing is not worth arguing about when there's a need for that. But I was so pleased with our first meeting because there was not a need. Yes. We just didn't argue about mm-hmm. little, petty. It was wonderful. Well, I think the important thing is a, a lot of these things could probably be hashed out in committees anyway before it even gets out there. You know, get all that, that mess done. Mm-hmm. Do your concerns, but you know people don't want to hear the bickering and the the fighting. This mm-hmm. is it's it's been a big embarrassment to That's the city of Hendersonville, and you know you've you've been there, you've seen it happening, and I just hope you know you bring a new light, a new new voice in there, and we get past all that. Civility is definitely one of the main things that people brought up to me when I was campaigning. It is so important. And really, I think the bickering clouds our judgment. Mm -hmm. And if we can just leave that behind and make decisions based upon the issues and the information and the input we get from um, the citizens and not the bickering. Well, the good thing is there'll be no more 4 a.m. BOMA meetings anymore, so they've kind of fixed that a little bit. Yeah. They can go a little long, but yeah. uh, you know, get a lot on the, on the agenda. And Hendersonville is growing, you know, and Ward 5, they have a lot of great areas out there. What are some of your concerns or things that you would like to see done other than the, the you know, the 386 uh, off-ramp going mm-hmm. underneath? I mean, that's, you know, that's a whole different beast in itself. But. Sure. Everybody wants to see that exit fixed and um but there are one of the things that was interesting to me uh, some neighborhoods have issues that are particular to them Mm -hmm. and i think we all realize that the neighborhoods that are on saundersville road kind of have a unique set of issues but uh, for example saundersville station really would like to have a sidewalk built to get all the way to the middle school um there's a walking trail now Mm -hmm. but the kids would have to go through the woods to get to it and it doesn't drop them off at the part of the building that they're actually allowed to go into so um does that cross into county it's so you got city county you got city county and city of gallatin oh yeah so there's three jurisdictions there but the federal government has a program that gives grants for this kind of thing so it's money is usually the biggest obstacle and that is not the case Mm -hmm. it well to some extent i mean there's labor cost involved in getting this organized but we if we can get along with our neighbors which we certainly can Mm -hmm. and coordinate we can get that done and um, not cost the taxpayers any significant money at all but i think meeting with uh and and i think most of those huge subdivisions have HOAs and you're obviously going to be meeting with those folks and, you know, getting their input as far as what they want. And of course, everybody, they might have the same kind of complaints, but they're going to be specific to their own communities, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And then you have to take all that in and and formulate something. Mm -hmm. It's got to be hard. I think it will be. Um, Of course, at this point, I don't have lots of experience (laughs) to speak to it. But um, one of the other things that I really began to appreciate is the diversity of thought that we Mm -hmm. have in Hendersonville. Even within a neighborhood, there would be somebody who would say, people are driving too fast. We need to get speed bumps. And then somebody else would say, I know my neighbor over there is always talking about speed bumps. Do not put a speed bump here. (laughs) So. They're annoying. Who they, do they you? They work, but they're annoying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I hate, I, it's why I hate going on Lower Station, Camp Creek Road. You hit those three bumps there at the turn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, God. But it does slow people down because they, uh, yeah. they fly through there. Because there's pedestrian crossing. Yes, there is. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you see in Ward 5, what, what do you see the future in Ward 5 as far as development 
I mean, the, the roads, I mean, there's, uh, you know, they did a great job, you know, paving so far on, on Saundersville Road. I mean, it's a, a big improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you see as the, the future for Ward 5? Well, Ward 5 and Ward 6 are still going to be the areas where we experience growth. And it is going to be vital that we manage that growth within the legal boundaries that we have. Almost all of the issues that people talk to me about were directly related to growth and oftentimes a failure to manage that growth appropriately. It all comes back to long-term thinking. Mm -hmm. We have a tendency, everyone has a tendency to not think beyond four or five years or to not be able to think through to all of the possible consequences and how we might prevent those from happening. So managing the growth is going to be a huge, huge issue for years to come, unfortunately. Well, all you have to do is just call Rogers and they'll just blast it away. Well, blasting is another issue. <laughs> That's why I brought that up. Yeah. I heard a lot of people complaining about that, but it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the growth in the Saunersville Road area, you know, as we uh, approach getting down towards the high school and, and through that that vicinity, uh, there have been several homes that have, have gone up there, the larger lots, because I know that was one of the complaints. You know, they people want large lots, and then you know, with Forest Park, I don't know whatever happened to that. But that was a huge 600-plus development that was, you know, brought up at Boma for months and months and months. What's the vision for that? Well, that is... The latest news, actually. um, That is going to be... They're going to start building soon. Um, I don't know the exact date, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. But um, it was approved, and that will begin. Yeah. And, you know, with the the cut-through they're talking about, going through the development, you know, heading over to mm-hmm. New Shackle. I think it's going to be important. I mean, you got to have access points and things like that. But it looks like a great community, and people don't really are not happy with the amount of traffic that's coming through there. But I think that's inevitable, and, you know, I guess additional road mm-hmm. widening or expansion could be possible down in the future. Yes, certainly that is possible. Of course, again, the major obstacle is usually money. Mm -hmm. So um, it's something that we need to plan for and acknowledge that those things are going to be an issue. And connectivity is a big way to relieve traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now we have our major corridors and part of it is the geography of Hendersonville with the peninsulas. They can't really be connected. Mm -hmm. So, um, but in Ward 5, we don't have that issue there's a little bit of Ward 5 that's on Bonita, but at the beginning of it. So can, that can is tell not our problem. Just so everybody gets a vision. Can you give us the, the boundaries for Ward 5, like from here to here? Sure. Just so people can get a vision of it. Sure. On Bonita, if you're like at Planet Fitness going up the hill, on the left-hand side, the apartments that are right there, mm-hmm. North Lake, um, that area down and then a little bit that's cherry hill okay um it doesn't seem connected because of the way we drive but it is Mm -hmm, connected mm -hmm. um so on the what i would consider the left hand side of the road the side that has planet fitness uh, and Mm -hmm. bonita on that side of indian lake it starts there and it goes to savannah plantation okay an interesting thing is that savannah plantation parts of Cages Bend in my neighborhood, Hunt Club, we have Gallatin mailing addresses. And um <laughs> but it we don't yeah. we live in Hendersonville. And even as recently as the Thanksgiving holiday, people did not realize that their trash was being picked up by Hendersonville because they think they live in Gallatin because of their mailing address. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, please help me fix this. (laughs) That's a postal disservice thing anyway. It is just who is delivering the mail. And that's all that it is. Um, You're paying your taxes and everything for Hendersonville. So on the other side of Main Street Um, It is Saundersville Road, the entirety of Saundersville Road, Mm -hmm. all the way down to this side of Indian Lake. So this, where we are right now, is Ward 5. Okay. And um, it doesn't seem like it connects, but Fountain Brook, Ivy Point, and um, Norman Lake are also in Ward 5. We they have a lot of constituents. Like, you got a lot of large neighborhoods here that you have to keep happy. <laughs> it's it's rather large. 
Well, we're getting uh, right down to our, our closing oh. here for a segment. I tell you, it flies by. In, in closing, what would you like the listeners to know about you and your task here? Um, I, I want them to know that I am open to them. And um, they can call me. I might not be able to answer the phone if I'm on a ladder at the time, mm-hmm. but um, I will call them back in the evening. They can email me. They can message me on Facebook. Those are really good ways for me to communicate. And, of course, they can text me. That's the best. Sure. But um, <laughs> Although it might be kind of disconnected. But right. I'm available. I'm accessible. And I hope they feel comfortable approaching me because I do want to help them. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you coming in and uh, speaking with us in this short period of time. Gosh, we could talk forever, but uh, appreciate you uh, coming in. Uh, I'm glad you found us right here in Summer County Spotlight, uh, sponsored by FNM Bank. And we're going to be back uh, momentarily with an additional segment right here. I'm Jeff Shannon, and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and we're going to continue our conversation with a brand-new alderman, and she's the new alderman for Ward 4. Let's introduce Karen Dixon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and let everybody know who you are and why you embarked on this journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is a journey. Um, I am Karen Dixon again, from, uh, and I live in Ward 4. I actually live right behind Indian Lake Elementary School. I um, retired from a corporate job in 2018. Uh, 35 years with the same company is almost unheard of these days, but God bless me to have that in my life. Uh, It was a tobacco conglomerate, so I've moved around quite a bit. Before we came here to Nashville, or the Nashville area, we were in Richmond, Virginia for a while, about five years, but my husband and I both grew up in North Carolina, which you can tell from my accent. It is a North Carolina accent, um, but it blends well with Tennessee, uh, and we love it here. We started, I started my relocation process, spent a, a number of months in a hotel room in Nashville and just traveling in the evenings when I had time to the different areas around Nashville to try to find what looked like home to us. And uh, when my husband and I started coming up here for dinner in Hendersonville, we said, this is it. Hendersonville's home. And then when we did our research, the police and first responders, their reputation was amazing. And I think that sealed the deal for us. Mm-hmm. And um, that is something I hope to continue to help as an alderman to keep fully funded what we need for our first responders. Well, you got a good partner uh, there in Ward 4 with Steve. He's uh, he's great. Yes, oh, a- absolutely. <laughs> he is. Uh, Steve and I have a little plan to work together and uh, in Ward 4, and it's all about, to us, our constituents and helping the folks in Ward 4. Right. Let's um, go ahead and give everybody the boundaries of Ward 4, like where that's located. Okay, so if you pass First Methodist Church on Indian Lake, the Maple Drive to the left starts Ward 4. So everything down Indian Lake is Ward 4 to the left, to the lake, almost all the way to the tip of the peninsula. Yeah, just trying to figure these boundaries out. And everything to the right is Ward 2, which is strange. So (laughs) the peninsula has got 4 and 2 on it. Yeah, you and Steve haven't talked about building a wall. (laughs) No, we have not. Absolutely not. And one of the things I want to stress is that even though I support, I, I am an alderman in Ward 4, my vote and how I vote and my decisions affect all of Hendersonville. And I want people to realize that. So when people have concerns and they they bring them to me, I share those concerns with the other aldermen. And I would like for people to know that if you email us, don't just send it to Steve and I, send it to every alderman because then your concern then becomes a public record. And that is very important, Mm -hmm. but they need to understand what your needs are as well. What are the, some of the issues that I guess that caused you to say, you know what, I, yeah. I, I want to run. I want to make a difference. <laughs> I want I want to be a part of this and do something. I, I think that 
there was a, a several things. The fact that we were having some turmoil among the aldermen and gave a lot of press. There was a lot of press associated with that. So I started watching the Boma meetings. Uh, it never occurred to me in my entire life that I would run for any kind of office. But, I, but it, it just kind of got placed on my heart continually, and I tried to fight it. No, I don't. I, no, I'm not doing this. But I couldn't fight it. There was an overwhelming sense of, I feel like I need to serve. And uh, it is about service. Nothing more, because this is not a well-paid-for position. This is all about service. (laughs) And um, I felt a need. And I I have a lot of fiscal management background, and I wanted to use, help the city and to, you know, become fiscally responsible. Paving, infrastructure, we have a long way to go with paving our roads. And also with drainage concerns, which is a a big, big issue in Ward 4. All over the city, but it it is bigger in my ward, I feel. But um, those were the concerns that I heard as I knocked on doors all summer. Please help us with our drainage. Please help us with paving. And even though Ward 4 is not a big pass-through because we're on a peninsula, people in Ward 4 still have to drive the main roads in Hendersonville. So, you know, they still want paving outside their ward. And that's something else that people miss complaining about. If you don't like driving down uh, Saundersville Road, you need to let us know (laughs) because you're going to drive down Saundersville Road, Main Street, Indian Lake. Yes. A lot of issues that have, have popped up over the years. And, you know, some still are here today. You know, the, the intersections, the, mm-hmm. you know, the paving, the, you know, those kind of things. I have noticed, though, that there has been an, an improvement in some paving. I've seen yes. quite a few paving projects that are, are doing well and right. made a big difference on Saundersville yes. Road there coming down. Yes. I mean, and, you know, we've we've got the impact fees from some of these the developers yes. that are coming in. I think that's helped yes. down on, on, on Saundersville Road down yes. there. And uh, with all of the things that are going on, we have our police and fire departments that are number one. They're stellar. And yes. the funding for the police department is, is and fire department and EMS is not going to go away. No, absolutely not. It, it isn't. I, I do agree with that. And, uh, you know, this recent bond issue that I guess it was November 10th, the BOMA voted in. I wasn't there yet, but that will help serve wards five and six and with that response time. Do I think that it's a great time in our economic life cycle at this <laughs> point to spend that money? Or uh, go out and bond and put ourselves in debt. It's not. It's not favorable. It's not. Mm -hmm. But it's a necessary evil that we have to take care of. Now, when you're an alderman, are you required to be be on a committee or chair a committee? Um, I'm I'm required to be on a committee. Yes. Okay. That hasn't been assigned, or do you select that, or they tell you? I'm on finance. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, you got your voice in there, and uh, you got Arlene up there. So yes. Let's uh, you know. Well, I'll get together and make this thing happen. Right. Because we we had talked with a couple of aldermen before about the tax situation we we've run into here with the sales tax being down, hotel motel tax being down. There there are some Mm -hmm. things that happen with grants and things coming in, and I I know we're we're not going to get into specifics uh, uh, with that. But what are some of the things that the city can do to help bring that money back in? I think economic development and going out and engaging with uh, corporations outside of Hendersonville mm-hmm. is extremely important. But we, we've got to make ourselves to be a very favorable city to come to. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course it is. It's beautiful and the people are salt of the earth. Um, but our infrastructure's got to look and feel and be effective for those mm-hmm. businesses to want to come in. Sure. Um, so, so that I, I really want to bring in more corporate type businesses. Retail is great. Mm-hmm. Love retail, yes. Mm-hmm. But we need to really bring in more corporate uh, businesses. Well, I know that's one of the things is we want to keep you know our our people here. Yes. You know, I think people are tired of driving downtown, absolutely sitting in the traffic, and you know the widening of three eighty six that's coming. That's that's going to help, but still. It's still going to be a pain going back and forth, and and I know a lot of people would rather just stay here, work here, live here sure. without having to go down there, unless they're you know going for entertainment. Right. You know, I think we, as a city, have seen that the vision is there to make it a lot better. The hard part, I guess, is attracting those corporations yes. and businesses to come here. Yes. I mean, we're limited on land. I mean, that's that's a fact. You know, as far as where they're going to build these big buildings. I, I agree. 
but we do have a lot of retail space that's empty right now, mm-hmm. and that's very sad to see, even in the streets of India Lake. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I would really like to see some of these uh, retail spaces yeah. be full. Right. I do. And you know what? I have to say, uh, while, while I have an audience, that uh, during this whole pandemic in 2020, and I know we're heading right into 21 with the same issue, I think it was amazing that our mom and pop restaurants held on so well. Yes, the did. community rallied, and that is the Hendersonville I want to serve. Right. I think that was just amazing. A lot of cities that did not happen for, mm-hmm. and it was sad. It is sad. We held on very well here. Well, I think I think that the theme shop local. Yeah. I mean, it's been driven home, and I think people mm-hmm. know that we're supporting our our, our smaller businesses. They're doing curbside yes. uh, shopping online and going and picking it up and those kind of things. But I mean, the restaurants I, I think have trying to make their way back. Yes. I mean, the movie theater situation is still uh, up in the air. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but we've opened up a bunch of new businesses. Which, which is great, yes, yes. and I think people are realizing that, and they're staying here in Hendersonville to shop, to mm-hmm. dine, yes. and doing that kind of thing versus you know heading out of town. So what what is your vision that you have at this point? And, and knowing visions change as you, especially once you jump into this massive process you're going to be getting <laughs> yes, into. Yes. Um, what is your current vision uh, uh, for the city of Hendersonville? My vision is that we do grow our economic development and provide more jobs so people can stay here in Hendersonville and raise their families here, but still maintain that small town feel in our neighborhoods. That's what I'm looking for. And I heard that over and over and over again when I was campaigning. I I still want my small town feel. I still want my drive five minutes outside of Hendersonville and there's farmland. I still want that. And I want that for Hendersonville. I, I think it's the epitome of being a Tennessee city, a Tennessee town. But we still have to look forward and use our beautiful lake to draw businesses here and provide jobs, real, really good jobs here in Hendersonville. Absolutely. So while you were speaking, I, I had this idea. You know, people have complained which you've probably heard that too many too many rooftops going up. There's too, yes. too many houses. We, we don't need more houses. We don't need the traffic. But we're trying to draw people here, and they're going to continue to come. It's just, you know, people say, well, we don't want uh, multi-housing developments or big, huge subdivisions. Yeah, I, I, I'm for responsible growth. I'm not against growth. I want responsible growth right. at the right time, at the right location. And, I, you know, I do think that Bowman tries to do that. We j- just last week, we voted on two different sub- subdivisions in the city. And, uh, you know, pe- each person on that board gave it a lot of thought. You could tell when, when they were asking their questions during the meeting. And, you know, I, I asked a lot of questions for two days up to that meeting. It, it's very important that we research every detail about these units or apartments or townhomes that are going in. And the one, the one overriding thing for me is if the already neighborhoods, established neighborhoods around it are in favor for it overwhelmingly, then I'm going to be in favor for it sure. because they are the ones that live there every day and have to uh, and, and can see what is going to be built will help their property values and their everyday love, way of life. Well, you know, we have a great planning department. And uh, Keith is, I mean, it's awesome. Yes. And they really work, I, I think, from what I've seen, he works really hard to serve both sides. Yes. You know, you have the people coming in, the developers or the people who, who are you know, wanting to do things, and then you have the, the planning department. And I think they've done a great job on making sure when he brings this before the planning commission and it goes to BOMA, that it's been thought out. I it mean, is, it's, yes. it, you, you, you know, you'll, you'll find it very hard to find, well, that's not right because it's been thoroughly, you know, gone through and, and, yes. and tested. And Keith knows his stuff. He does. So he that, does. That's, an, that's the easy part. And, and that entire committee, wow, they have a big job. And I've heard it been said before that their job is harder than being a, a BOMA member. <laughs> so, because they have a lot going on and it's a lot of time. When it comes to us as an as alderman, we have to still continue to ask those hard questions 
and we're the ones listening to the constituents. Yeah. So um, I can appreciate everything they do to bring it to us, but then we're that final vote for our people. Well, and I, I think people appreciate that, and that's what they really want. I mean, you know, back in the day when we'd have huge uh, galleries, the BOMA meetings, case in point, I mean, it just showed that people care, yes, yes. And, and they're there voicing their concerns and letting you know, the city know, hey, we'd like this and we, and we don't. And some people were very, very vocal. Yes. And, and the thing about that is you'll find a lot of these folks will be at every single mm-hmm. BOMA meeting yes. when it's, you know, possible. Right. And the Zoom thing, I, I haven't seen those, but I don't know how in attendance <sighs> the, it is. We had, we had 35 or right at 35 uh, citizens sign up to speak at our BOMA meeting last week. Wow. I think only about 29, excuse me if I'm uh, one or two off. Uh, that actually made it through on Zoom to to speak. We didn't really start our meeting to almost nine o'clock because wow. of citizens' comments, and yeah. you know that's not a bad thing. I'm I'm okay with that. That's great. We need to hear what people want and have to say about certain projects. Now the time limit's still on there for the Zooms. Um, so we have to. Well, yeah, time. You get five minutes. Okay. Per so that person. hasn't changed then. then. It, it has not. Okay. And then Balma. We have to vote to go past 11 o'clock, and we have to get a majority vote, Yeah, um, which we did, and we went till midnight this past Tuesday. Yes. Well, I remember the, the, the 4.30 in the morning ones. Yes, I mean, me those too. Were, those were... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Pretty tiring. Yes. <laughs> but pretty it, entertaining. But you know what's, what's amazing is people in the gallery stayed there the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, don't you have to go to work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think that's great because I think the citizens should hold us accountable and watch our behavior, watch that we're paying attention. And I I think all of that is what helps make our city government work. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure. I mean, as I had stated before to the other aldermen, it's like we can talk. Yes. It's amazing how fast time flies, but there's just a lot of information. But listen, as we as you start getting into the this process in your term, I'm sure we'll probably, you know, try to get you back on here sure. to um enlighten us and you know, by then you're you know, you'll see things probably differently and have a different perspective. But we always want to keep in touch and uh we thank you so much for taking your time Great. to come in and speak with thank us. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Enjoyed it. Thank I you. wish everyone Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and a great new year. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to go into our break right now. This is Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon, and we'll be right back after this word. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and it's so nice to have you here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for Summer County Spotlight. And we have all kind of great guests. We have another one coming in right now. Just actually got a chance to meet John earlier this week, and he was on the Hendersonville Chambers Coffee and Conversation. And John, you really impressed a lot of people. So I guess we should start out and just tell us about yourself. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be up here <laughs> and a uh, pleasure to be back in Hendersonville. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had a great event with the Hendersonville Area Chamber of Commerce uh, a few days ago. Man, it was just, it's so exciting to be part of these, you know, events. And I love the Chambers. I'm just, I just got to start <laughs> out saying that. Um, they do so much for small businesses in, in the area and local business and, and bringing everyone together. It was just an, it was an honor to finally be, I'm, I'm just a longtime member of different chambers yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the years. And it's a pleasure to be on that side of the table, finally, uh, speaking at one of their events. So so yeah. give us a background. I mean, your history of what you're all about. What brought you here? Yeah, well, um, I was I was there talking about my, my new book, Marketing Ain't Easy. Um, it's available on Amazon and my website, AmericanPhotoVideo.com. <laughs> Let's get that there out of the go. way. Yeah. <laughs> a little plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I've been I've been in the marketing, marketing business for, uh, geez, 12 or 15 years almost now. And I started out in video production and I worked my way uh, into a marketing director position here in Nashville over over the years. My I sold my original video production company to an ad agency and then ran their video department for a long time. Uh, so I, yeah, I just love the business and I love getting involved in these, all these events and talking about, you know, teaching people how to, the best practices, I suppose, of marketing. Sure. And yeah, so, so the other day we talked about holiday marketing mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, which mis- is important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, some companies 
do retail business, for example, they do 40% of their business this time of year. So in these three months, you're talking about almost half your business. <laughs> Crazy. Well, well even at the, these times when businesses are limited hours and the curbside and things have changed a lot marketing-wise, but the concepts are still there. That's you have right. to follow. Yeah, and it's and it's obviously always changing. Um, you know, a few months ago, people are trying to pivot to deal with the whole pandemic situation. Um, and it, it really hit local businesses pretty hard. And they had to figure out how to manage an e-commerce site, a lot of people, uh, how to deal with curbless, or excuse me, <laughs> curbside pickup and <laughs> contactless payments and pickups sure. and all this. Uh, but now we're, I think, you know, I'm optimistic. <laughs> so I think we're in the home stretch here. And I think people need to start thinking, how are they gonna get back into gear and and let people know the precautions they're taking, first of all, as they open back up, and then how how they're going to provide their services again for people yeah. in the future to going forward. So yeah, this is a we talked a lot about that at the Hendersonville Chamber, and you know it was it's interesting, always interesting at the chambers because you get a whole all different types of businesses. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're just dealing with a retail store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had the VFW on the call. We had uh, different healthcare companies, different all different stuff. So some guy from a radio station. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we had the, the best recall. Indeed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So, um, yeah, we, you know, I really went through the three marketing mistakes that a lot of companies make uh, this time of year that kill holiday sales. And those are, you know, things like not using your, the root modes of communication that you currently have access to properly. Um, so that means emails. So, you know, I, I love email blasts, all right? I know that some people think they're a little annoying, but you know what? This time of year, people look for things to, they're looking for gifts. They're looking for things to buy. They're looking, this year, for example, they're looking to support, you know, restaurants and small businesses. So this is the time to get into their pockets, <laughs> you know, right sure. to their pocket, right to them in well, their emails. So. One of the things you, that you had said was the people are advertising, a lot of times when things are slow, they cut back their advertising versus, okay, we have to, if we fade away, people just forget that we're here. So, you know, when it's slow, that's the time to do it. Or even when it's busy, you still do it because you're losing that, that continuity, the, the message and the name recognition and all that. Yeah, that's a, a very astute <laughs> point you make there. It doesn't mean throwing money at it. Also, I want to I want to say it's you know you have to get engaged in the process. Mm-hmm. You have to think outside the box. You have to talk to your consumer, your customer, and and really bring them on as a client. You know, you want to make sure that that relationship is strong. Um, that just means talking to them, staying relevant. You know, it doesn't mean you have to to pay a million dollars for TV commercials. Mm-hmm. It can be just reaching out. Um, you know, it depends on on the size of your business and obviously what you do, but. There are a lot of different ways that you can stay engaged and and talk to your customers and make sure that they know that you're there and they're thinking about you when they have, uh, when they're at the point in their buying cycle Mm -hmm. that they're ready to make the purchase. You just want to be there for them. Especially a lot of small businesses really think that, well, that's just kind of expensive, you know, for it. But you you can fit things into your budget, you know, fairly easy. Just like well, radio advertising, for instance. I mean, you you have different rates. You can run schedules. You can do monthly payments. So you can make it where it's affordable for a small business to run, and and still getting that exposure, and then using all of the social media platforms and your email, constant contacts, Mailchimp, mm-hmm. uh, some of the free ones that you can use that are fairly simple, and and just spread your message everywhere. That's right. And, you know, radio is great, a great medium as well. Um, there, Obviously, there are so many things that people don't know about in terms of products that they can, <laughs> that the radio station offers in terms mm-hmm. of advertising. Sure. Um, you know, on-air promos, you know, the, the I think testimonials from a, an on-air DJ uh, are huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Saying yeah. that you use their product, a local product, and it's, a you know, an honest testimonial it's very powerful. Um, it certainly and it's, is. It's not expensive all the yeah, time no. either. You know? <laughs> it's not the cost prohibitive, I should say. So all of those folks listening that want to do radio advertising, give me a call. We'll make it work. That's right. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. So, a, so tell us about this great book. I know. Is this your first book? How far along are you into the book situation? <laughs> well, um, yeah. So marketing ain't easy is the name of the book. It's, it's and three it's, not. Stuff. it's not. <laughs> That's right. But I go through it. Uh, it's it's my actually my second book. My first is a poetry book. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm a I'm an artist. I suppose at heart. Yeah. Uh, I like to play music a lot, and I I, I dabble in the other creative industries. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I, I published a poetry book and then I actually wrote that book 
as I was writing this book, there were a lot of times, you know, I, I wrote Marketing Ain't Easy on Post-it Notes and my phone's notes app, I swear. I, I wrote half of it on there and I just, and then I, you know, as I was traveling or whatever I'm doing and along the way and, and when I get home, I would type it all out and really flesh it out. There are a lot of times when I'd get a little bored, right? You know, I have a problem with procrastination <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. as a lot of people do and I, and I, and focus sometimes. So yeah. to get, to get around that, I started writing down these, you know, I'd get for, for some reason poetry in my head and, and I'd, I'd have to write that down to get it out of my head and get it out of the way so I can get back to marketing work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I ended up writing a whole poetry book in the meantime while I was writing this book. And, uh, so I published that one and it turns out before this one. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, and then I had marketing ain't easy come out. Uh, it was February 2 was the wow. date that I released it. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? I, I have a thing for numbers. <laughs> so yeah. So February 22nd, I released it and, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, I wanted to write a comprehensive guide to creating a marketing plan. I, whenever I look at marketing books out there, they're either very specific or they're on a different topic or an industry or they're not. I, there was no option for a, a, a general. Just let me know how to do marketing. <laughs> you know, give me, give me a help me make, sure. help me make a plan. You know, if I yeah. don't know anything about it, or even if you're an advertising industry professional, you, there are, there's a lot in here. You might not be a creative type, so I, I have a whole section on the creative ground rules, if you will, uh, that should make it easier to communicate with your creative team. Um, well, it's it, just like Kathleen said this morning or the, the other morning that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Photography, right. video, that's right. <laughs> sound. I mean, these are things that, okay, I can do them, but I, I really shouldn't because, you know, you have to have the product. I mean, that is your image that is being stated there once you put that out there. So get a creative person to, to do that. Everybody knows somebody. Of course, everybody in the world, you've heard this. Oh, I, I got a friend as a photographer. I got a guy. Yeah, I got a guy. You got, I got a guy who knows a guy. I got a, you know. <laughs> I know. But but the thing is, you want to be able to communicate with them yes. effectively. And a lot of, you know, creative people sometimes are uh, a little different. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they're temperamental. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're a little delicate, I'd say. <laughs> you know, they have a tendency to be, um, which is, you know, and I know you have a history in the photography business <laughs> so yes, you yeah. you uh, can understand that um but you know it for the your average business owner uh, who might not have a creative background they might be a finance type person they might be a salesperson they might be a technician and who grew up in a grew into a uh, an ownership role in a home services company mm-hmm. for example they may not know some of the key terms and how to really communicate what their vision is uh, mm-hmm. for, a, for a commercial or an, some kind of advertisement, whether it's graphic design, photography, video, you know, uh, even copywriting for, you know, maybe you want to do a magazine ad or something mm-hmm. you need to write or a newspaper article. I wanted to ha- let people, I think it's important to have some basis of understanding in all those fields just so you can communicate well and and. And, and let people know what you want. Sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, so. so do you do a, like steps, like step one, or what kind of guidelines are, are you giving them in here? Well, marketing ain't easy. It's three simple steps. That's <laughs> the full title. So I, uh, there are, I, I do prescribe, I suppose, three steps. Um, and everybody, the reason is everybody jumps to the second step <laughs> when they don't know what they're. So the first step is research. Um, the second step is implementation. Third step is measurement. Most people just jump right into implementation. They just want to throw money at the at the problem of marketing, you know. Then they wonder why why it didn't work. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, I, I have a quote in here. One of my, my probably my favorite quote is John Wanamaker uh, from the twenties, you know, or something. He's he said. I know half my marketing is working. I just don't know which half, <laughs> yeah, which is such a common problem. <laughs> You're right. So, or they throw it up against the wall and hope it sticks. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's like, please. <laughs> is that working? Let me see. Are we selling stuff good? Okay. You know, that's, but it's not efficient. Is yeah. the problem? Yeah. So I really, I think it's really important to do research. And again, I should start by saying it's it's the ideal customer method is what I really prescribe here. And I didn't write the ideal customer method. A lot mm. of people, but I just revised it. Um, a lot of people start out marketing thinking, okay, I want, I want, you know, just general demographics. I want women uh, from 18 to 34 to buy my products, you know. Mm. But you're, when you talk, another quote in here, when you try talking to everybody, you end up talking to no one. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, I've so, heard that, yeah. Yeah, so I, what I say is start in your record book, start in, your, in the books, in the finance finances and see who you're making the most money off of and it sounds cold right or a little glib maybe but mm-hmm. it's not it's it's really business is about money <laughs> and the people that are paying you the most to do to, to in business they're doing it because they love you yeah you know they want to be they want to be part of the, the story 
Um, so you want to find the people who who you make the most money off of with the least amount of complaints and work and and revisions, if you will. And but these people are the ones that they're telling all their friends about you. They're sure. telling their family about you. They're telling stories about your the wow experiences that they've gotten with you. So that's where you really want to start, and you want to market to them specifically. Have a picture of them in your mind when you're creating your ads. And then go work into the implementation process once you have a plan. Yeah, and it's um, cheaper to market to, to people who are already existing customers. That's right. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, and I, yeah, again, yeah, that's a whole other issue. Getting over that first, the first purchase barrier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, when you get over that hump, your customer acquisition cost goes way down. And and then when you get into using things like emails that hopefully you've captured at the point of sale or before, uh, then you're you're really starting to to make more money. You're you're bringing your margins way up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you want is bigger margins um, so you can be more efficient later too right. and bring maybe price back down for your customer. Sure. As, you know. Well, like you said, you have to have a plan of attack. You have to know where you're going or you're not going to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's you know getting that plan, identifying your market, what your strengths are, start planning this thing out and then measure the results yeah and and you got you have the steps right in here so it's uh, <laughs> the the book is right there i mean it's uh it's it's easy to do it looks like a pretty easy read and some great uh, pictures great pictures Ooh, <laughs> i love pictures i had an i hired an illustrator and we worked together to make uh, i think we got 35 pictures or so in here. Yeah, yeah and that makes you know just to help not everybody's a reader sure. you know, yeah. or a, some people are visual learners mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um so i thought that would help um illustrate um, I, the concepts. Yeah. Um, so we really, you know, we have a couple, our cartoon characters who really take you through the story, right. <laughs> and yeah, it was a, it's been fun making this book. <clears throat> so are are you having this on Amazon? Uh, mm-hmm. You're gonna be an Amazon bestseller. Ah, yeah, <laughs> someday. Yeah, uh, it's well. on Amazon. I yeah. have the um, the ebook is up there. I, okay. I, I made the ebook uh, a month or so ago. It, it is free if you're an Amazon, I want to say, what is it, Amazon? Uh, Prime? Maybe Prime. It's, uh, the, no, excuse me, the Kindle. If you're a Kindle okay. member or whatever okay, it is. Okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. something there. Yes. I, I just write the book. I don't do the Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I just put it up there. Uh, but if you're, I think if you're some kind of, a Kindle Unlimited is what it's called, then it's free for you. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's it's only, uh, I think, three or four bucks for the, the e-book. And then, obviously, the uh, the print copy is, like, I think, uh, 1995. Yeah. And, yeah, marketing and easy. It's on Amazon. By Jonathan yeah. Rizzo. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so if they're looking for you, would they type in John or Jonathan? Either one. I think it, it hopefully pop up. if yeah, I've done my job, <laughs> it should come up for you, right? Hopefully. So yeah. in our closing uh, minutes here, one thing people should take away from this, and it's been a real quick interview. We could talk a long time, mm-hmm. but what's the one thing they should take away f- from this interview? I'd say try to, hopefully, if you haven't already and you're listening, Get some notepaper out, okay? And if there's anything that, that came to your mind that while we were talking, uh, write it down and try and work on it today for maybe half an hour, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, hopefully something, you know, if you if you haven't defined or written down the exact person that is your ideal customer in, in the real world, uh, I, I like to take, you know, get it either, if I don't have a picture of them, just put a, <laughs> make a drawing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. put them on your wall at your desk. Sure. That's the person you're, you're working on talking to all the time. Yeah. Um, that's where I always start, uh, and when I when I start to create a plan for a company is so so. If you haven't done that yet, do that. Otherwise, if you have and you know you feel confident, you know who your ideal customer is. Really think about how you can use your marketing, the routes that you have access to right now. How are you using them, and how can you be more effective with them or more efficient? How if you're not sending out emails, but you have an email list, or if you have emails all over, but you don't use Mailchimp or you don't have a good email service provider, uh, find one and make an effort just. Put all your contacts, find all those business cards that you threw in all the drawers over the years or whatever. Take all those out. Put them, compile a list, uh, all your customers, all the sales. If you have receipts with emails on them, you know, you collect data. You should always be collecting emails and phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it all together. Start sending out emails and decent emails. Really make an effort to, to put together good quality emails. And maybe, especially now, just before Christmas, find a way to send an email to your customer, a couple of emails sure. out. Maybe bundle a couple packages together for a gift package or something or find a way to, uh, you know, if you're not offering financing or maybe you want to offer, I ran a a Shopify store for Vincent Peach Fine Jewelry for a while because I was the, as the marketing director, it was part of my, my whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have, you know, things like uh, 
free priority shipping. So, you know, overnight, we'd overnight ship uh, things if you spent over, I don't know, a few hundred dollars, you know what I mean? Mm. Depending on the margin. So I'm, I think find something interesting that you can just let people know, Hey, just stay relevant this time of year, especially this year. Um, Cause people are looking for a way sure. to help out. <laughs> They're looking for a way to, to, to use you and, and use your service and your products. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's great stuff, man. So in, in closing, Tell everybody how they can reach you. Oh, um, yeah. Again, my name is Jonathan Rizzo, um, or John Rizzo, if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you can find me at AmericanPhotoVideo.com. Book, again, is Marketing Ain't Easy. Uh, it's three simple steps, and that's on Amazon. And, uh, yeah, my, my contact information is on the website if you're interested in a consultation or just, yeah, questions. Yep. You want to go for coffee? Sounds good. I'm happy to do it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> So awesome. I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, John, listen, it was great meeting you, and we, we appreciate you coming in here. So Thank you, Jeff. Well, this has been the Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon. We appreciate you joining us each and every Sunday morning right here at 10 o'clock at WHIN. You'll hear this podcast coming up on a Monday morning at 8 o'clock. It'll drop uh, then on WHINradio.com. And as always, we appreciate our sponsors, FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and at MyFNMBank.com. This is Jeff Shannon saying so long, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.